0: Motherhood is definitely a full-time job, but there's a huge difference between choosing to only focus on that and feeling like you're stuck focusing only on that. Moms need to take risks, try new things, make changes if necessary, and take on passion projects, whatever it takes to fuel your fire. Today, we talked to fellow mommy and founder of the But First She Failed podcast, Paola Soares, about how she's helping women redefine the idea of failure to chase bold dreams. (laughs) We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen,
1: I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela, I have a baby boy named Ford and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first time working moms,
0: we're we're actually actually pretty
1: different. And that's totally okay.
0: Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments.
1: Hello. Hi, welcome to Motherish Moments. We have a guest today, which is I'm my excited. favorite. I love it. I know. And I, she's a fellow podcaster, so she's going to be an expert. Yushi, when have we, have we a guest, had
0: another podcaster on our podcast? I think she might be well, the Well, first. we
1: have. We've had a guest that have become podcasters after that. Like even what you're trying to say. I know. I'm just saying. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever y'all interpret from that, you know. But yeah, I think this may be our like she's our first guest that is a podcaster.
1: Again, we didn't have to struggle with like how to do the audio, how do I connect, what do we do. She was like, I got this. I got the mic. I got the thing. Love. Let's do this. Love. And I think it's gonna be—it's gonna speak to a lot of us when it comes to taking risk and just finding something that really fulfills your heart and your desires, and the importance of why you need to find your own happiness aside from just being a mom. All right, but first we're gonna do
0: our motherish moments. I have one. Okay. It's silly, you know, on my personal Instagram. People like Victoria content to the point where if I don't share anything, like, oh, where's Victoria? Whatever. And, like, a part of me is, like, hello, I lived here first. Can you stop? But also, I really go back and forth between, like, sharing stuff about her and then wanting to not share anything at all because, like... People have, like, weird juju vibes, like, you never know, like, I don't know. But also she's, like, fun, charismatic, and she's kind of a clown, so whatever. So this week I posted, like, a QA and a with Victoria, and I put the question box for people to ask questions. And obviously I was like, mama, do you want to answer any of these questions? And I was like, look, they're asking you this. And she was like, really into it. She's adorable, I saw and she's it. she's like, yes. mami, ¿hay más preguntas? I'm like, girl. Yes, there's a lot of questions, but it's been really funny and a silly, fun thing to do with her. And I don't know. That's sad. I don't know if anyone else ever feels this way. And so like, we'd love to hear from you if you also like debate back and forth between sharing stuff about your kid on social media, because like, not to say that like there aren't good things and good people, but like there's also bad people and yeah, I get nervous about the balance. that.
1: I mean, also Four has this page, an Instagram page, my son, and I don't upload as often maybe as like I guess to create content and we kind of split the responsibility of like sharing content for him but yes we are very careful like you know this closing where he is like we try to do all the safety stuff but you're right you want to keep a lot of the stuff private for yourself I mean at least in my case I work on TV I feel like sometimes the more you hide it the more you might become like people obsessed more over that even if it's something silly you know so we have kind of chosen the route of just kind of like being more open and sharing and you know I want to believe I have one of my colleagues who has a saying saying los buenos somos la mayoría like I want to believe that most people are good souls yes <laughs> there's a little bit of, of hesitation but there's also I think the the experience of having received so much love and support yes, kind of yeah, like there's so much too. there's so much of that so
0: that makes it I mean there's so much you guys Cuatro Gatos whatever <laughs> but like you know there's a lot
1: of nice comments too so I try to like but yeah, focus on that your mother, my be. mother's from me so for turn two I have a two year old officially I didn't know how they were going to handle the birthday at the school. It's obviously the first time he actually has a birthday in a school setting. Yeah. So I asked the teacher and she's like, okay, you know, I'm thinking like, I'm going to go. The dad's going to go. We're going to do the pictures. We're going to do the little cupcake, the cake. They're like, no, the parents are not allowed to come yet. I guess it of the pandemic. I would die. <laughs> so if you could just please send a cupcake per child. So one mini cupcake for every children it every child have to child. be a specific yes and he goes we have someone who's allergic to eggs so can you please make sure they're vegan mind you this is like at 12 noon I work at 1 o'clock and I need to bring this back by tomorrow at 7 o'clock right so I'm here, like, Googling, like, vegan cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. They recommended this actually, I guess, as a franchise that only bunny. makes bunny, yes, yeah. bunny cakes. Yeah. So I went over, I got the 12 cupcakes, the one big cupcake for Ford, and five cookies for the class. Yeah, I dropped it off. I didn't know this, but what they do is that they have a ritual where they make each child hold a globe, because they have the world in their hand. I know. They put a sun, like a cloth sun, on the floor and the child whose birthday it is goes around the sun. Like una vuelta al sol, like he's turning another year and they sing this gonna little song. I'm going to start implementing that
0: for my birthday. It's that sounds, sounds cute. pretty cute. Cool. And they sing
1: this song about like going around the sun, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And all the kids kind of just sit around and then the child walks around and it was so cute. And then she sent me the video and he just looked so happy. I did involve him in picking out the plates. I had to send little plates and napkins. It's so cute. I took him to Target and I was like, okay, ¿tienes el dinosaur or baby shark? No, no. And then at some point he wanted all of them. So they were all in the car. And then I had to kind of like negotiate with the register to be like, okay, we're only going to take one. So Mickey Mouse actually won. Oh. I know. Oh. So that was all like a setup for the Mickey trip. So okay. I'm, I'm just happy. It was an, a good experience and, and he's two.
0: Well, Paola, would you like to share your motherish moment? First off, thank you guys so much for having me
2: on today. I'm really excited to be your first podcaster that's on the show, guest. So I'm super excited about that. My motherish moment was actually yesterday. I had a moment when it was dinner time and my son's been super picky lately. For a while it was like, he only wanted chicken nuggets and I don't know if it's cause he had a little bit of a cold but I don't even know what he eats. Like I'll give him chicken nuggets. He doesn't want chicken, like he doesn't <laughs> want any of the things. Like, I'm like eat bread, eat something, you know? He just wants like, I mean, I don't know if he's trying to tell me that he's gonna
1: be like a vegan one day. I don't know. <laughs> They go through those stages. Ford went through a little bit through that. Now he's back to like eating anything, thank God. So I literally had a moment where I was sitting at his
2: little table. We have a little table next to our uh, dining room table for him. And I was sitting with him and we had some rice and like meatballs. I think it was like mandarins. He had like two mandarins. And then he got up and I literally was like, just so overwhelmed that I started crying. I was like, oh my God, my child isn't eating anything. And then I don't know if it was like a miracle or what, but then he came back and he started eating and then he ate the whole thing and I was like, "Oh my gosh, thank you." And I was just like so relieved after the meal. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this little boy like I've been so stressed out about him not eating this week. And like yesterday I guess like he ate that, and then I gave him the meatballs, the rice, and then the chicken nuggets, like he ate so much. He had like two portions of everything." So, it was great. I was like, "Okay, at least he didn't eat too much for two days, but now he like ate something." I was, you know, so concerned. So, it actually ended up being like a moment that I was worried about that, and I was emotional, and then it turned into like a great moment. That was my motherish moment of the week.
0: They're wise. There's like a certain part like before they reach a certain age where they kind of know better than us like how to fuel their body I mean what they choose is to be debated right Right. but like but they kind of know I don't know like The other day I took Victoria To a new pediatrician And the pediatrician Was like Does she eat vegetables I go no Any vegetables Like not a really? single Not a single Ever, vegetable she just
1: started Or like she when never she had was be-
0: Before two She ate vegetables Before one and a half Now Same. She doesn't eat Any vegetables Nothing And so He says Victoria you need to eat Vegetables Whatever Blah 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 And she looks at him, she goes, soy carnivora. Where'd she get that from? Because she watches Leo El Explorador, this show, and it's all about like, este animal es carnívoro. Like, this is a carnivorous animal. He eats this and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I looked at her and I go, of course, her dad is Argentinian, my husband's Argentinian. So the doctor goes, that must come from the dad. And I was like, we don't instill this. We like vegetables.
1: (laughs) So let me introduce Paul officially. She's the host and creator of "But First She Failed" podcast, which focuses on speaking to trailblazing women about their moments of failure and how those moments propelled them to where they are today. She's a former journalist. That's where we met. We'll share yeah. a story how we worked together. A national news producer. Now she's taking her passion of storytelling and helping women redefine failure while gaining clarity and confidence when it comes to their careers and their businesses. She's originally from Chicago, but she has made Miami her home. She lives here with her husband and her, yeah, two-year-old. You have a two-year-old. Yeah,
2: he's going to be two on, at the end of the month. He's like two weeks out from being two and he is so, so much. So <laughs> I'm excited
1: about age two, but he is, he's so active. Like he's so much, but I love it. He keeps me on my toes. Share us a little bit about your personal journey, Paula. Like how did you come up with you know what, I want to do this. I'm going to just focus on the podcast. And because I think you launched it. I always say that it's interesting how sometimes when we give birth, we also want to birth something else as just our child, right? And I think for you, it's kind of like the same thing with this podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah. So a little bit about my journey, I guess I can start with, I guess the backstory to this of like how this whole topic became something that I'm so passionate about was actually if you go back when I had graduated from college, I moved across the country from Chicago to Miami to work for Univision. I got to work with Pamela and Many projects and it was an awesome opportunity. I was there for many years. You know, I went ended up going to a new startup company. When I went there, about a year in, so I had been working in the industry for quite a few years now. That's when I had my you know kind of moment of failure, quote unquote failure. And I learned so much in that season. And what I learned in that season, I'm like, I need to create a podcast about this topic, right? Because it took me a long time to get over that moment of failure where I felt like, oh my gosh, I was let go from this position. I felt like I was thriving, like. Like I was in this industry that I absolutely loved and this thing happened to me. And for me, it was such a setback mm-hmm. that I always tell people, like, I didn't feel like it was a moment of failure. I felt like I was a failure. Like I, you know, I took that in and my journey really took me to place in 2020, where it's like, after I, I had given birth, I already had this idea in my heart. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to create this thing. There was something burning inside of me that was like, I need to do this thing because there's so many women that need help in this area. They don't know, you know, that every successful woman, i Everyone has moments of failure, right? And I just felt so led. I felt like I had a moment where I was like, I need to do this thing because this isn't only for me. This is for so many other women that have gone through similar situations or are in a moment where they feel that way, you know, and they need to know that there's, that this is all normal. It's all part of the journey towards success and purpose, right?
1: And what was the scariest part? Especially when, when you're a new mom, there's a lot going on. You have a newborn, you know, you're trying to kind of like find your new identity. And then on top of that, what drove you? What pushed you to kind of just be like, you know what, I have to do this. Like, And what was the scariest part about it? Honestly, the scariest part
2: was I had a four month old when I started working on this, right? So he was like just out of the newborn stage, you know? And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to take up a lot of time. You know, I'm really excited about it. I really feel called to do this thing and I feel like this is going to help so many women. But is this going to affect my baby? Like, is this going to affect, you know, him going into the infant years? Is it going to infant stage? You know, is this going to affect my time with him? Is this going to affect all those things. And also, you know, very real overcoming this whole, like, is this going to do well? Like I'm putting all this time and energy into Mm -hmm. this and I'm taking like some time away from my son. You know, it was a lot to get over where I was really like concerned. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to do this? Like, I basically ended up weighing my options. I'm like, do I do this thing that I feel super called to do that? I feel like I need to help women in this area. And I feel just like this like I felt like I needed to do this in this moment, which it seems crazy at the time, but or do I pause and not do that, you know, and like you know, wait until he's a little bit older and all the things. And I really took some time to you know pray about, it. and I really felt that this was the time to do it. And you know, I'm so glad that I did it in the season, even though it looked like from the outside it looked like all the wrong season to do it, right? Because my baby is so young, you know, they need you so much in these years. But the truth is that I think also when you're a mom and you're giving so much of yourself away to someone else, it really is important that you're doing. The things that make you happy and the things that are, you know, important to you or the things that make you feel full of purpose, because that's the way that you can show up to be the best mommy for your baby, right? If you're doing all the things for, like they always say, right, if mom's not good, the whole family's not good, right? Yeah. I think it's really important that we assess these things. And for me, it was like, okay, I really need to do this thing because A, I feel called to it. I feel like now's the time I'm just going to do the thing right now and see where it goes, you know? And thankfully, it, you know, it all went well and it's done really well this last year and a half.
0: In addition to that, there's like identity like cuz after you have a baby sometimes you have to like redefine your identity and so i feel like the timing is actually good that you did it is a good moment to redefine your identity it is a good moment to kind of explore like who am i what do i stand for what do i you know want to focus my time on outside of of my child can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast and like the kind of things that you discuss like what are some wins that you feel like are really important moments that you've had throughout your journey with your podcast.
2: I feel like, you know, when I explain the kind of story of failure, it's like I didn't go so deep into it, but I just felt so called and so, you know, so led to do this thing about helping women redefine this idea of failure and get past that hump and live, you know, purpose filled lives of their dreams and do the things that they feel called to do because it's so important. You know, the types of women that I have on the podcast, the whole premise of the podcast is that what I learned in my journey after I had gone through that moment where I hit rock bottom, where I was like, oh my gosh, I got let go from this job. I thought this was like my dream industry. Like I mentioned, I didn't feel like I failed. I felt like a failure. I went through all these things and then I had the life, changing revelation that literally every successful person that we look up to, they have moments of failure. Like they do. There's not one successful person that you will find. You start reading their biography, listening to, you know, their books or like go in depth in their stories. And then you start realizing like, oh my gosh, every successful person has these moments. And I also came to a revelation that was really helpful to me was that in life, you either win or you learn, right? So it's like, there's really no such thing. That's why it's so funny that the podcast is called, but first she failed because I don't actually believe anything's a failure. It's actually you win or you learn in life. And so the whole premise of the whole podcast is that, right? We're talking to highly successful women that are trailblazers in their industry, but we're talking to them about those moments of failure because I think that's something that's so needed. We always see the highlight reels, right? When we go yes. on Instagram, we always see like, oh my gosh, her life is so perfect. And that's something that I felt like when that whole situation happens to me, I was in a moment where I literally was like, oh my gosh, I'm a hot mess. Everyone else has it together. Like everyone that I looked up to my industry or, you know, politicians, or I would think like, oh my gosh, she's so disciplined or she's X, Y, Z, and she has it all together, you know? And that was such a disservice. You know what I mean? Like to me, that is. And you know, when I had that revelation where I'm like, oh my gosh, I had also read an article. It was an article about Sarah Blakely. She's a founder of Spanx. And she talks about how when she was a child, her dad would go around the dining room table and he would ask them, what did you fail at today? And I was like, like at first I didn't get it. And then I was like, whoa, like it sunk in. And I was like, what was he doing? He was essentially normalizing this idea of failure. Like basically is like, did you try something today? You might fail the first time you do something, but guess what? It's not a big deal. You get up and you do it again, you know? And then, you know, it talks about in that article, talks about how then she went on to go take her, you know, as an adult, a young adult, she took LSATs and she didn't pass them, but she bounced back quickly and she founded Sphinx, you know, and she's like a billionaire. She's doing okay. She's doing doing okay. Yeah, she's doing okay. Pretty okay, right? So I was just like, man, you know. Once I had this new like shift with this whole mindset of overcoming this idea of failure, I was like, everybody needs to know this. Like, we're not. I think we also get
1: so many mixed messages as to what we should be sharing. And okay, don't be pessimistic. Don't talk about negative things. Like, declare life. You know, victories. Right. And yes, we're not saying not to do that. But I'm saying, what have you learned, Paula, after speaking with all these ladies? How do they redefine failure? And first of all, what's considered a big failure? Right, Because I think what's failure for someone is not a failure for someone else, but I think we have a hard time speaking about it, normalizing it, we just don't feel comfortable, I think, because right. you associate it with something negative, like hey, what a downer, you know, and I feel like we've been pressured to be like, okay, be optimistic, do this, you know, and it's, just, it's hard to kind of be vulnerable yeah. and kind of admit like, yeah, this yeah. is the stuff that we, we yeah. didn't do that yeah. well at
2: some of the things I've learned just in my own life and also with the conversations that I've had is that it's really important that you know the season you're in, right? Like if you're Mm -hmm. going through a moment where, and also failure is very unique to the person, right? Like I can think something is a failure and the girl next to me is like, that's not a big deal. Like, shake it off, move on, you know? And I'm like, no, for me, this was huge, you know? Or something that for someone else is like a big deal. For me, it's like, that's not a big deal. Like, you know, like, you know, brush it off. It's a very unique experience. So what we define as failure, it's like, that might seem like a failure to you, but it doesn't seem like a failure to me so it's a very like personal thing but i've also learned that it's really important that we know what season we're in right sometimes when we're going through the thing it's not the time to share it with everyone right because maybe in that moment you're too vulnerable and you're still healing right so it's really important that we give ourselves that time and that space to like reflect right you know when you're in that process of overcoming that moment of failure you need to take that time to reflect and really think about it and like you kind of know when you're like okay now i can start talking about this thing okay what did i learn because i reflected and i took the time to figure out what are the lessons I learned in this what did I learn that I can help another woman with or other women with right so I feel like it depends on the season that you're in right so sometimes it's like maybe you're just not there yet you know this is something you'll talk about in five years you know like it's like heartbreak me, honestly,
1: right when you're first heartbroken yeah. you're just like yeah, you, yeah, you can't, you can't you don't even talk about it because it, it breaks your heart over and over again until you give your same time to heal and give yourself space and then right. you could reflect and be like okay well, what are the lessons like why did this happen right just try to get the best yeah. out of the entire experience it's funny you say the season thing internally
0: I think about that a lot too because there are always things that I want to do there are always I want to do more of certain things all the time right or I want things to be better or different than how they are like this is just my natural the way that I am I always want more better etc yeah. yeah. and and I think that also applies to like for example like for some couples like there's truth to be said that these first few years of when you become parents and for a marriage specifically like it is a very rough season in general and it is a season of learning it is a season of adapting into these new roles as individuals new roles as a couple new roles as parents and so like a lot of times when I feel like you know because this is like normal, like your marriage will go through like ups and downs. Like 100%, I yeah. try to be less critical and less hard on us because I'm like, this is a hard season for us and this will yeah. pass. Like that's not to say we don't have to work on things, but you do have to understand that this moment itself is a moment of stretching. It's a moment of growth and it's tough. Yeah. You know, but that season thing, I apply it all the time to stuff. Yeah.
2: I think if we start thinking about things in seasons instead of like forever. I even did that like last week. I think we're going through a bit of a difficult season. And I remember I was like with a bunch of different things. Like I was feeling so negative and I had to stop and be like, hold up, hold up. This is a season. Like who knows what's going to happen in a week or who knows what's going to happen next week. So it's like right now I feel this way. But like in a month, whatever we're facing could be completely different, you know, and I think that applies to all areas, you know, our careers, our marriages, our children. So hard when I'm crying at the dinner table with my son for not eating his food. But it's really helpful to remember like hey, what if in like two weeks he's eating all the vegetables, you know, and like he's perfect.
1: It's funny because I feel like there's so much we learn from our children. You know, even though they're like they're babies and they're toddlers, I always find like very subliminal messages in their behaviors right like you said like one week they're not eating anything the next week they'll be eating everything and like that's how life I think has to be yeah. looked at in that way like this season like you know maybe everything is not lining up the way you want it to be but just gotta be hopeful and and faithful that the next season is gonna all line up and it's gonna make sense I think at that point it's just hard when, when you're in a low valley and you're like in that season it's hard to kind of just look up and be like okay I'm, I'm getting out I'm getting out you know it's but I think maybe listening to these stories and all these testimonies was probably helpful, right? Because you learn that if, if they were able to get out and they were able to kind of learn from those failures and failing moments, then you'll be able to do the same, I guess.
2: Yeah, and it also makes you feel not alone, right? Also, as women, we've talked about, like in social media, we just see like everyone's perfect part of everyone's life, right? When we start talking about these moments where it's like, oh my gosh, she overcame that, then I can overcome this, right? And I'm not the only one, right? Like maybe my business isn't the way that I want it to be in this moment, but that doesn't mean, you know, it's not going to be a great in like five years. Like look at what she went know, you know, what she surpassed in her business or or whatever the case is. You know, everyone has different stories of failure. So it's like we get to hear a variety of them, but it really makes you feel less alone.
1: Now that you mentioned businesses, I think when you have the financial responsibility of your child and your family, I think yeah. taking a risk into business, investing your money, making a job, career change, everything becomes bigger I than fakes. it was <laughs> yeah. before. Once you yeah. put like your savings, your money, like, I don't know, yourself, everything into a project, a baby, your time, you're you're sacrificing time for your kid. I think you become more stressed and overwhelmed with that risk itself, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I
2: think think it's important that we take calculated risks, right? It has to be something that you feel really called to do, right? Because I think sometimes we're like interested in something. We're like, oh, kind of, you know, I feel like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but do you ever have like this burning desire? You're like, oh my God, I got to do this thing. Like I have to do this podcast or I have to apply for that job or I have to do something like inside of you is like burning. You're like, I got to do that thing. You know, and I think when those moments happen, it's like we have to listen to them and be like, okay, I need to act on this. Right. Because it's really important. It's like, yes, it's risky as a mom to like take those moments and take those risks and change and do the different things. But you also run the risk of like, what if you don't do that and you stay in, like, for example, the scenario, they said, like, what if you stay in a job that you hate and you don't
0: love? Yeah, But I think and that's why
1: your it- sometimes we make those changes when we're forced to make them, right? Like, there's a yeah, way true. that God pushes you to be like, listen, like, yeah. okay, this Now is or never. <laughs> now or never. Yeah, Or right, right. people always say when you hit rock bottom, that's when, you know, big changes come because what's your alternative, yeah. right? Like, this is like... Uh-huh. It shouldn't be to that point. And I know it's easier said than done, but I feel like sometimes we are pushed into making that jump, taking the leap. A hundred percent. I think also sometimes though, internally we can be pushed. Like,
2: I mean, I know that I've heard and I've also experienced moments where it's like, I can't continue doing this thing. Mm. Like, I think sometimes inside, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience where you're like, there's like a siren going on inside of me. It's like, ding, ding, like Paola, no. Like, you're going the wrong way. Like, you need to stop and you need to detour. Like, you know, you're still in that job. Nothing else happened in the external, but internally you're like, I can't, like something has to change. Like I need to make a move. And so I think a lot of times it's like either that external thing, like you said, you hit rock bottom and it's like a very, you know, external thing. And sometimes it's an internal job where you're like, everything looks good on paper, but something Mm -hmm. inside of me is burning and telling me like the sirens are on and
1: they're like, this is not the right way. Like detour, like reroute, you know, like recalculate, you know? Yeah, I think you definitely have to listen to your gut. I always say for a lot, especially when you're a mom, you get so distracted with the day-to-day and the kids and all that, and you kind of become like a zombie at some point, right? Especially if you're not doing what you're passionate about, you kind of like, I know a lot of my friends, like they kind of like, no, they do the day-to-day, but then there's one day where just literally they hit a wall or like they'll go to sleep and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? You know, and I feel like we can't ignore those aha moments of like, hey, You know, like do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I hope this episode today is a little bit of that reminder, like, hey, today's the day, right? Do it, you know, like whatever it is. And especially if it's like constantly just like the stomach feeling or like in your heart or like in your chest, like your body manifests when you have something in you Mm -hmm. that wants to. It tells you like this is the moment, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred
2: percent. And I also, another thing that I would just add to that is like, as moms, it's really important that we listen to that because we run the risk of becoming bitter. We run the risk of becoming frustrated. We run the risk of all these things. And it's like, then who's going to suffer from that? Yeah, maybe your colleagues or whatever, but like your family, if you're feeling really frustrated with your situation or feeling jaded or even like, man, I feel so stuck. And now I'm starting to get to a place where I'm bitter. Like the people closest to you are the ones that feel that. That's you know? so true. So it's really important that we don't, don't allow ourselves to get there because we're moms. Like we can't, you know, allow ourselves to not be our best versions for our babies, for our children. Like we got to be the best versions of ourselves so that when we show up with our babies, like we're the best versions of ourselves. Like we're intentional. We're playing and we're not over here super frustrated and like amargadas, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or bitter about a situation. Like, no, we're being intentional and we're really present and we're really engaged with our children in those.
0: Places. I think as moms, but also as like human beings. I mean, I feel like this is an equal responsibility for, I would say everyone really this is why therapy is like so amazing also by the way because like it gives you a safe place to like analyze and figure out the things that maybe are turning you bitter or upset or whatever I mean I know that in times with my husband for example like times where he's been maybe very frustrated with his work and like unhappy with his job like that whole thing carries over into your home into your everyday life even if you're not parents like just as people yeah. that coexist together and as parents of course the stakes are higher because you're also affecting a third person or fourth or fifth in your home but yeah I totally see that I think that's what like motherish is to me Motherish is like that thing that I never knew exactly what it was but I always felt like I needed something more outside of like my job and you know my home life and the things that I do for myself so you know when Pamela came along with that
1: call I was like this might be it (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay so I love this even if we push one woman today one out of all the listeners to take that risk to kind of not even take a risk maybe just follow her heart and her intuition and try try something. something yeah I think yeah. we, we accomplished our goal today. Yeah. Any yeah. final 100%. thoughts, Paula, before we sign off?
2: You know, it's really important that we kind of change this the whole idea of failure, right? In life, it's not win or lose. In life, it's either you win or you learn. If a situation doesn't pan out the way that you thought, That's okay. That's part of the process. Every single person that I've seen, every success story that I've heard, you know, on the podcast or just, you know, reading different biographies and all the things it's like, they took a million little steps and that got them closer. Like maybe they, before starting a successful podcast, for example, maybe they started a blog that didn't do well, or they wrote a book and their first book didn't do well, but guess what? Now they're a New York times bestselling author. And it's not a straight line.
0: It's, it's never And success is in
2: line. linear. Yeah, that's another thing that I've learned. A lot of women have said that same thing. Success is in linear. Like in one season, you're like on the up and up. And sometimes it's a dip. It's like a chart, right? It's like sometimes mm-hmm. it's a dip and sometimes you're going back up. And that's the way, you know, that's the way life is. My hope is that women will step out and stop. Like if something, if they're scared of failing and that's what's stopping them from stepping out on getting that dream job or starting that dream business, I hope that they'll start thinking about it differently and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take that chance or I'm going to take steps. You don't have to take the full step at once. Because I think as moms, sometimes time, you're like, I don't have time. Well, if you're working a little bit, just a little bit towards that goal every single week in a year, you're going to be way better off than you were right now. You know, there's always that saying, right, that people, they overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. It's like, what will your life look like if you started taking
1: that chance, that risk? What would it look like? Your life might be completely different in a year or in six months. To close off this you know? is an anecdote our pastor shared on Sunday he actually quoted Will Smith's book I guess there's a part in the book where he tells a story about building a wall that dad had made him and the brother built the wall and the kids were always complaining like every day they would you know, work on the wall work on the wall and one day the dad comes out and says stop complaining about the wall you're not building a wall today you're just putting one brick one brick and yeah. every day you focus on just that one little brick and then one day you'll realize you built an entire wall but if you focus on like oh my god I'm so overwhelmed I have to make this huge thing like just focus on that one break you're putting today you know so it's kind of like taking Mm. like the today because then tomorrow it it would all and that could also
0: apply to self-care for all the moms that sometimes feels like such a mountain and like no it could be one tiny little break thank you so much it was great to have you you on motherish thanks for having me (laughs) bye
1: thank you